Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. Presented by Mosing Motor Cars. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City, the only city of speed. And if you think, okay, Formula One's off this weekend, MotoGP is done, and there's nothing going on this week, <laughs> uh, we, we you should know better to, than Speed City's got it all covered for you because we've got some really exciting stuff for you tonight. We uh, our, our big guest tonight is Steve Oseth. He is the Vice President and General Manager of, of SCCA Pro Racing. But more importantly, he's the he's the boss man, he's the of, big man of the new F three and F four series that are the, the F four series been out now been going for its second season, and the F three is debuting next year, and they announced it at the Formula One race here in Austin. But we've got Steve Oseth, and he's the guy to talk to about all this, and it's really exciting. And Jonathan, you expressed it in a tweet earlier why it's so exciting. I, and I really do feel so. Uh, I, I, I've been involved in Formula Three worldwide for a long time. Um, it'll be my twenty fifth. I forgot I'd missed one. Um, <laughs> Macau World Cup of Formula 3 um, next weekend. In fact, I leave next weekend. It's the third weekend of November. It always is, and it has been since 1954. Uh, but uh, it's since the 80s that, uh, well, in fact, it was Ayrton Senna who won the first one in 1983. So, yeah, I've been involved in Formula 3 for a long time. But, of course, the missing link of Formula 3 has always been America. Yep. Uh, and to me, it's massively significant to get an FIA-sanctioned Formula 3 regional, I will add, and that's Canada, Mexico, and the USA, which actually makes it even more significant, um, starting next year. This is a major, major step forward, uh, both for Liberty Media, because it's a road to, and it has been for uh, national championships and the FIA European Championship of F3 for many years. Um, and so, yeah, to be involved in, I think, it, it, to have been involved in both Macau and the Toyota Racing Series, this is where the young talent is, and, and we've proved it time and time again. Uh, and you've seen from the guys that have come on the show, from Santino to Rossi or whatever, Formula 3 is where, is, is where you cut your teeth if you're going to be any good. Yeah, and you know, we Jonathan... You've been bringing guys from Macau and the Toyota Racing Series, these young guys, and we've seen them. We've had, we've had Lance Stroll yep. years ago. We've Max. Had, Alex, had Max Verstappen. We've had Alexander Rossi years ago. All these guys that you have been bringing to us. And really, I, sitting across the table from me is one of the, the most knowledgeable people, most experienced people in Formula 3 in the, on the planet, Jonathan, with your experience. And I know that, that this, uh, this is so important for the United States because – we're going to have a, a 
two series that are a ladder straight to Formula One. And also bigger than that, though, is the way they're changing. Like if you I just went to GP2series.com and it yeah. switches over to FI Formula F2 series now. So they're trying Ain't that simple. Well, I know. And I was. Uh, <laughs> but you're right. It's been this way for ugh, ad infinitum. It's been very confusing. Yeah, we were having this. Let's have the same discussion okay. we were just having uh, because it's been very confusing. It's like, OK, there was. Formula Renault, Renault 3.5, there was GP2, GP3, F3, F2. It's like, wait a minute, where's the ladder? And now what I'm wondering is, is this is this Liberty Media helping to, to clean it up, as I would call it? Because now you say, okay, it's Formula 1, then below that it's Formula 2, below that it's Formula 3, then below that it's Formula 4. So I'd love to say that it was Liberty's idea, but I, don't, I, I mean, I, I may be wrong here. And I know they, push, they pushed for the F3. I'm, Steve will have the answer to this, but um, I I do think that the FIA, as a board, as a governing body, were realizing that that was the case. And in fact, when they came out with GP2 and GP3, that was to clean up what was Formula 3000 back back yeah. in the day and what Renault 3.5 was achieving on its own. That's one company, Renault, uh, had created one car where everybody could drive it and it was cost-effective and GP2 at the time was too expensive and they didn't have a GP3 then. Yeah, and so if these guys want to take sponsors and attach them to the names, that's great. But if still keep it F two, F three, F four. Yeah, exactly. And let me let me for 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 the neophytes, as it were. And I was one, and I've done a lot of time on this. Let me do the whole little Jimmy is aged five, right? Okay, yeah, little Jimmy go. is aged five, and he says, "Daddy, I'd like to go race it. I want to be." the next Alexander Rossi, right? And you say, okay, well, I happen to have, you know, made a few pennies uh, as a bank manager over the years. But, uh, and you say, okay, well, what are we going to do? You go karting. Once you've been karting, uh, Rotex, uh, there are world there are world championships in karting, but a national karting championship or a regional championship um, gets you up the ladder to be noticed. You start beating your, your, your fellow guys. The next step is probably F4, which we always say is the movement from... Basically, a go-kart, which two slicks and wings. So what that is, slick tires and wings, which, of course, therefore creates downforce. And it's your first, also, introduction to probably ECUs and data and so on and so forth. So it's a lot more complex. You get in a car, you go. And if you're any good, you're fast. And if you've got a good mechanic, then he may be able to tweak the engine. When you get to slicks and wings, it's a whole different ball game. You have an engineer. You can change the ride height. You can change the the, the, the you know uh, the suspension, um, the roll bars, etc., etc., etc. F four Kirkwood, the current champion. Next move would be, if you were in Europe, it would be maybe Formula Renault, which is the same sort of level but slightly higher. Then Formula Three, then GP three, GP two, and Formula One. That's the role here in the states. It would. It, there wasn't. There was the road to Indy, and there still is uh, the Mazda road to Indy, and of course, Formula Ford would be a starting out before the F4 arrived, onto um, effectively F2000, then it to Indy Lights, and then to Indy. So yeah. that. So there's been a ladder, and there's a strong ladder, but this basically is, like I said, the missing link, which is you can take a kid from karting, move him to F4. And look, watch Kyle, Kyle, you know, Kyle Kirkwood now is in a very strong position to go all the way, whether he wants to go to Indy or whether he wants to go to Formula One. The current US F4 champion. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll be going to F3 next year. And by the way, he wins 100,000. And I'd like to hear from Steve again what the F3 guy will win, because that will probably be more. 
Um, but that then puts them in a great position. And I'm, like I said, given that I do Macau every year, I'm really interested to know what kind of talent we're going to get out of this regional series that could go on and take on the world. Yeah, and and I want to talk about the money with with Steve as well. I want to talk about because, you know, what does it cost roughly yep. for a team to compete in F4 and, and then roughly you can compete in F3? So I think that's a good discussion to have. And, and it, it is, and it's a valuable discussion because one of the big problems and one of the reasons the FIA have sought to uh, to kind of get some stability to all of this is that the costs have risen. Um, and, and motor racing is all about co- I mean, you know, it's like anything. You throw enough money at it and, right. you know, it'll stick. And especially when you're dealing with pieces of metal uh, and you're tuning engines, um, you know and I know that you can take a Mustang and go, that's great, it does this by horsepower. But every guy who owns a Mustang says, yeah, I got 300 horsepower. I got 310 horsepower. You know the game. Yeah. And it's just money, right? And that's absolutely the simple equation of motor racing, of simplified to the simplest, simplest. But um, so... The the bottom line is they needed to make that step from karting to the next level affordable, uh, especially to dads. Because if think about it, if you're karting, you're not going to have a bunch of sponsors. You might have a helmet sponsor. You might have a, you know, somebody notice you. But it's usually personal sponsors, uh, parents, money, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's only when you start getting into, we saw Benjamin Pedersen with the, with the Dirtfish, who are now one of our sponsors. But, you know, you saw that name probably for the first time in f4 um this year well that's you know that's where you start to get the sponsorship and the carl kirkwoods who you saw as, at, yeah. at, at the bucks and bash you know are and and on our show you know just great marketing tools and that's how you get the money because you've got to be marketable yeah this is uh, this is really fascinating and I'm, i love the fact that uh, that the F, that there's this ladder now, and I'm wondering also. I wonder if the fact that we do have Circuit of the Americas now that it's yeah, a permanent home, and that there that it's that Formula One's now owned by an American company. It's all got to be influencing these guys to to push to do this. Yeah, no, no question about it. And and in fact, the F3 kicks off. And I like the idea that uh, that basically the, the SCCA will run both series, F4 and F3. So you've got a pool of talent there. I mean, they had grids of some 32 cars in last in last weekend. So you've got a really good talent pool to pick from there. And they're they're going to be on PwC, so they're going to be on big events. Uh, they're going to get crowds. They're going to see you know people are going to see them. And look, we we had them on WEC and we had them on Formula One. These guys are getting good exposure, and as you know. Know, from from the guys we've had on the show, they're all very engaging. Jordan Sherrod up in uh, Dallas, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jacob Loomis came on the show. We've had Kyle. Both he came and commentated our F one race. Yeah, yeah, we've got the right guy. We've got a little clip of that on our SoundCloud if you want to hear it. It's, <laughs> it's Kyle Kirkwood talking about Max Verstappen live uh, during that that controversial pass. Yeah, and by the way, nerd nerd that I am, you know, I've listened to the BBC's commentary and Sky's commentary on exactly the same corner because I wanted to see how. Well, yeah. we got on, and we did okay. I, I bet we did. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, it's always a good place to catch up with, you know, our primary is our speedcitybroadcast.com, and we're also on the Apple Podcasts. It's a great place to catch up with all of our stuff. We do we keep every show up there. And, of course, SoundCloud. We put smaller, shorter, short-form stuff on up on our SoundCloud account. So you can uh, you can find all that at our, uh, at our website. Go there and start there. But... Uh, also, we're going to talk a little bit after we talk to Steve after this break. We're going to take a break here in just a second. But after we talk to Steve, we're going to talk a little World Endurance Championship. Oh, yeah. They were racing this weekend. Ford had a good weekend. Toyota had a good weekend. We're going to talk about that. 
And but let's go. Oh, ahead we have and, a new world champion. That's right. We got a new world champion. So we're going to talk all about that. But up next, after the break, we've got the boss of the new F3 F4 championship, Steve Oseth. So stick with us. Speed City live in Austin, Texas. Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Mosing Motor Cars is Texas's only authorized dealer for Superformance products. Superformance's Mark III is the only Cobra replica built under license from Carroll Shelby. There's no finer example of a Cobra around. Mosing and Superformance is your supplier for all the great race cars of history. The GT40, the Mark III Cobra, the Corvette Grand Sport, and the Shelby Cobra Daytona Coupe. Mosing Motor Cars, 2420 West Breaker Lane, online at mosingmotorcars.com. Superformance and Mosing Motor Cars. Drive yourself happy. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. You have made the right choice. Talk 1370. Hi, Brendan Hartley. This is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosey Motor Cars. Welcome back to Speed City. Now, come on, Dylan. Did you know <laughs> that Brendan Hartley has just been declared world champion not a matter of hours ago? Or are you just brilliant? <laughs> He's giving me the He's I don't know. Quiet. He's got a Our microphone producer. in front of him. He could say, yeah, I'm brilliant, but he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. They, they have amazed how many times our producers get that right. I think it's because we have such a good collection of those 
stored up. Yeah, and Brennan Hartley, what a story. I wish we, I hope we can get him on the show pretty soon. But yes, he's just won a world championship today uh, for Porsche. And of course, he'll be sitting in that Toro Rosso next weekend in Brazil. What, what a, I'd love to have done a documentary on Brennan Hartley's last six weeks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's funny because we used to get Brennan Hartley on the show quite a bit. It's yeah. been a little, <laughs> a little more difficult lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to move on because we have a very special guest. We're really excited about this because of what it means to racing in open wheel and ladders to Formula One. We want to welcome Steve Oseth from the Formula Three Championship and Formula Four. Steve, welcome to Speed City. Good evening. How is everyone tonight? Pretty good. Pretty good. Excited to have you on the show and to talk about uh, basically the future, I think, is more, more importantly. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, Steve, I want to ask you this. Give us a little of your background first, and then I want to jump into the genesis of of where we are today with Formula 3 and Formula 4 and, and all that. So give us a little background, and then and then let's start to there. Well, I, you know, I am vice president and general manager of SCCA Pro Racing. Obviously, we oversee the sanctioned Trans Am and, and the F4 series and uh, – Obviously, next year, uh, the F3 Americas series as well. Um, uh, from a racing standpoint, I've been you know a club racer all of my life, mostly, well, not mostly all in Formula cars. So it is uh, obviously Formula car racing is near and dear to my heart. So, Well, you know, that's funny because we were talking about this before we went on the air, and I, I was a little surprised when I think – when I think SCCA, this didn't come to mind as the the F four and F three series, and, and I don't know that's that's not a negative. It's just it's just not what it, what came to my mind. So how did you go? How did SCCA start up these these series this this ladder I'd call it in the Formula series, Open Wheel series to Formula One? Well, it, it is uh, you know the FIA initiated this concept. Uh, uh, Three or four years ago, of F4, which is a, uh, an economical way for uh, kids uh, to come from uh, carts into cars, uh, specifically formula cars. Um, and as we looked at it, uh, it, it just seemed like it was something that we couldn't pass up. Um, the, the total cost of the F4 car is. Fifty-two thousand six hundred dollars. Uh, Fifty-one, sorry, fifty-one thousand six hundred dollars. It, it is. Uh, uh, I have raced uh, Formula Fords in in club racing for quite some time, and I could not reproduce my club Ford or, or my Formula Ford for what you can get of uh, an F4 car. Ah, yeah, uh, that's it, that's a big deal. I agree. That's cool. It would, you know, so. Uh, it, it's modern technology. It's a carbon fiber tub. It's paddle shift. You, you have data. Um, it's everything that, you know, people coming up into formula cars these days are looking for. So, so uh, at that price point, it just seemed like it, it, it was, uh, it was uh, something we couldn't turn down. And, uh, I think the numbers that we've generated over the last two years have proved this correct. You know, you talk about the modern car and with carbon fiber, and uh, we looked at the steering wheel when they were here, when you guys were here for Formula One, 
And it, I mean, it looks, it's obviously not the same scale as a Formula One steering wheel. No, but it's the but beginnings. It, but, <laughs> it, but it looks similar enough and looks sophisticated. It looks pretty amazingly sophisticated. So yeah, obviously the cars are, I've got a, a pretty high level of sophistication. Yes, that's true. And, and uh, although in terms of, of something like a Formula One car, certainly it's pretty basic. But, uh, but it is what, it is what, Drivers coming out of carts expect, uh, and and so uh, you have to deliver. We're in the 21st century, and it's you know it's time to get on with things, right? Exactly. I, well, t- I, again, I want to go back to the history a little bit. Am I right in saying that, um, you know, you mentioned the FIA kind of um, pushed this a little bit uh, from their point of view. Uh, Stefano uh, Domenicali, we now have, I think, something like, 15 F4 uh, national championships worldwide. Um, so it, it's a natural that the, the FIA, especially as the governing body of auto racing worldwide, would want to see uh, America with this kind of championship, especially uh, if it can fall in line with what's going on around the rest of the world. Uh, I, I think that's true. Um, it is, and our series uh, so far is pretty much relegated to the East Coast. You know, uh, here within the next uh, few years, uh, it is certainly our grand vision that we would uh, not only take F4 out to the West Coast, but F3 out to the West Coast. Um, uh, and so it is, uh, you know, it it's a hit uh, as far as I'm concerned. It, 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 it checks off all the boxes. And so, just so people understand the, the difference, you know, the, basically the progression is, as you said, karting, and I'm, I kind of cack-handedly try to, try to explain the sort of ladders too uh, before you came on, but, uh, you know, there's been some obvious ladders to getting up to Indy and getting up to Formula One over the years, and yet they have trying to streamline them, especially from a definition of, of power and, uh, you know, with F, F1, F2, F3, etc. and we'll see more of that in 2019 in Europe, because uh, even over there, it's been complicated as an Englishman growing up, you know, Formula 3000 and 3, 3.5 and all the rest of it. There's been a lot of confusion. Um, whereas the road to Indy has had its uh, progression as well. And this, again, is another clear definition of ladders to success uh, and types of cars. So basically, Formula 4, if you succeed, uh, I believe Kyle Kirkwood, um, is, is it 100,000 he receives for winning F4? Uh, that will be in place for next year. But okay. That, yes. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Liget, Enroque, uh, Crawford combination have, have, uh, agreed to, to give the F4 champion a $100,000 scholarship into F3. And, uh, the F3 champion will get a $200,000 scholarship to progress beyond F3. So it's, that's how uh, awesome. You know, those, those, those programs are starting to come together for us. So that's a natural question for me then. So if, if uh, what is the what are the approximate cost for a team to run in F4 and F3 for a season? Well, F3 we don't know yet, although I will say that, that our concept of F3 is, is different than what most people's uh, – than what most people see throughout the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is going – this is the FIA's – what they call the F, the F3 regional or national concept, and it is uh, it is based on our F4 program. 
to be economical, to, to, to not only get into and to purchase, but to run. It is it, 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 what people lose sight of when they just talk about numbers is, it is the cost of the car. But it's not just the cost of the car. It's the cost to compete. And uh, it, uh, all our prices are cost-controlled, uh, not only in F4, but they will be in F3 Americas. Uh, so spare parts are cost-controlled. The car is cost-controlled. Uh, we're trying to make this as economical as it possibly can be to run. It's interesting, yeah. I think that's a very cl- uh, a very important definition is it's F3 of the Americas and therefore includes the USA, Canada, and South America, or uh, which countries yeah. in South America? Well, I, you know, I think, we, you know, certainly we're thinking, uh, you know, of Mexico, you know, the, the northern hemisphere part of, uh, you know, North America. I think that uh, and certainly if, if if countries in South America want to adopt this, there's no restriction from them not doing it. But it is, uh, but you know, we're, we're sort of trying to encompass not just the United States, but all of the uh all of North America with this F3 America's concept. Uh, Steve, why I'm so excited, I I mean, you know, I I saw how Brendan Leach came uh, this year, and I do the Toyota Racing Series, have done for the last six years, which is a very expensive uh, in in terms of its, uh, you know, it's it's six weeks of of glory, as it were, but a great series. Um, And he has proved himself against the likes of Lance Stroll and, um, you know, uh, more recently, Lando Norris. And, and, And America was an obvious and your f4 championship was an obvious place for him to go because he didn't feel that he could get the sponsorship and 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 get the he he didn't have the economic uh ability to move out of new zealand and uh, the u.s and your championship and i think hopefully i think he'll hang around and maybe go f3 as well so it's an opportunity also for people outside the region who who are looking for an opportunity that is more economical to come to come here I, I, you know, one of the, one of the strengths I think that we exhibit is the fact that 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 we have attracted in the two years that F4 has been around, uh, not just North American candidates for drivers. Um, obviously, Brendan is is one. You know, uh, uh, Jordan Sherrett out yeah. of South Africa is another. Uh, Baltazar Leguzman, uh, you know, out of South America is is another. I mean, we've had uh, we've had a number of different nationalities compete in our F4 series over the last two years, uh, which is, uh, from my perspective, I think it's really kind of neat to see. Yeah, and it, and it's very exciting for single seater racing, whether it be Indy or Formula One, in the future, because you're talking potentially a catchment of the young Brazilian, Mexican, uh, American, Canadian, and I'm thinking when you look over history of where Elio Castro Neves, where Alexander Rossi, where all of these, you know, Paul Tracy, all of these guys coming up, Lance Stroll more recently, um, this is a great catchment area, and we're gonna get another Fittipaldi. Uh, if you if you know your history out of this, um, who could you know who could be you know a champion of Formula One or or an Indy champion? Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Uh, you know what we <laughs> need to do is provide an avenue that uh, uh, that is not only competitive but it, but is attractive for people to come and run. So uh, that's what we're hoping to continue to do. Well, Steve, can you stick with us through a quick break? We want to continue this discussion if we can. If you still got the time. 
Sure, no problem. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break. This is Speed City Live in Austin, Texas. Going to continue the discussion about F4, F3 in the United States. Back after these messages. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. The Racetrack. It's where legends are born, where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe, on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. 1370. Ed Brown, and this is Beat City. Welcome back to Speed City. Presented by Mosing Motor Cars. Welcome back to Speed City. We definitely have a want to send our thoughts and prayers to everyone affected by this horrific thing. Yeah, just first, down the road from here. Yeah, it's about uh, 70 miles from here. So, so sad. Yeah. It's, That's uh, literally in the last few hours as well. Yep, horrific. But um, we're going to jump right back into it. We've got... Uh, we've got Steve Oseth on the phone from the USC, uh, SCCA Pro. He's the, he's the uh, vice president general manager of, uh, of SCCA Pro Racing and, of course, the head boss man of, of the F4 and the F3 programs. And, and Steve, I want to start back by when we started Speed City five or six years ago and when, uh, when the Circuit of the Americas was being built here in the United States, here in Austin, right here in our hometown – and back then, the hope for us was Alexander Rossi. In fact, he was our first live guest on the radio show. And going back to that is that we watched him struggle trying to get a seat in Formula One and and, and knowing that he basically gave up his life here in the United States. And uh, I, I'm thinking that this might change that a little bit for, for guys that are wanting to move up the ladder. Is that, is that a good assumption that they don't necessarily have to spend so much time in Europe? Well, I think so. Uh, you know, we we are trying to develop a path uh, not only for our drivers to go overseas, uh, over to Europe, but, you know, that can be a reciprocal deal. Uh, they can come over here and, and, and compete with us. Um, it is, uh, uh, you know, I think if you take a look at what Cameron Doss did this year in the British Formula 3 Series, yeah. Um, 
you know, there was some negativity, I think, about him going over there last year because, they, you know, I think the perception is that Americans can't go over there and be competitive, and I think Cameron has proven them 100% wrong. Um, uh, part of that was obviously his work ethic and, and, and how he goes about uh, his, 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 his development, but uh, the other part of it is, you know, we've got a pretty good series here, um, and he had a lot of competition last year. Um, you know, Kyle, our current champion, came in second to Cameron last year, and he's champion this year, so, you know, it's, uh, it's quite a competitive field. And I think ultimately, uh, competition is what makes you better. Well, I want to I want to ask you about the I want to go to the engines. There's a lot of gearheads, myself included, who want to know about that. But one last question on this topic is that you know the the way that Liberty Media is changing Formula One, and we've got you know obviously we have a you know, American company owning Formula One, and they are making changes. And I, I think that. Their their goal, of course, is to raise the awareness of the sport here in the United States. And I think Circuit of the Americas being built here has done a good job of that. And and, and I'm just thinking, if you got all this exposure to Formula One, I think you're going to get more young Americans excited about this type of racing, and which should feed right into to you guys. I agree. I, you know, Liberty is only a positive. I, I can... You know, I can only tell you that my experience with them in in in, in them allowing uh, Liberty allowing our Formula Four series to come on board this year has been nothing short of uh, of fantastic. Um, so uh, uh, I I think that they see the opportunity here for for uh, American drivers to to progress and to go overseas. Uh, we just need to continue on with what we're doing and uh, see what happens. Yeah, I think uh, hopefully that's uh, hopefully it is going to grow the sport here in the United States. But but let's let's shift gears a little bit and go to talk about the cars a little bit. I want to talk about the hardware because I, I, obviously the affordability side, a car for fifty one thousand dollars in in F four, that's pretty amazing. And uh, but I want to talk about the engine specifically. We got Honda. I mean, Honda is pretty involved in motorsport from various levels, top and, to bottom. Yeah. yeah, and so the Honda powertrains in both F four and F three. Uh, can you talk about those a little bit? Sure. Um, so the engine that we use in F four is the same engine that is in the 2016 Honda Civic R. Um, that on the street is somewhere around 300 horsepower. Um, for F4, it's around 150 to 155 horsepower. So we take the turbocharger off. It, it becomes normally aspirated, but it is it is still a completely stock motor. It goes straight from the Marysville, Ohio plant to HPD uh, and uh, to their uh, engine facility in in. The race bits get put on it, the drive sump and the intake plenum and uh, that stuff, and then it gets shipped over to uh, Onroke and it's put in the car. It's completely stocked and sealed. Uh, for F3, um, basically what we're going to do is we're going to stick the turbocharger back on it. <laughs> uh, it will still be detuned from the street trim. It'll still be a sealed motor. So the idea is it's still going to be economical to, 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 to drive. Uh, and to run, and uh, 
you know, it, it, it's it's a tremendous package. It's a, it's a nice engine. Yeah, there's no question about that. Uh, ironically, I've been doing TCR internationally and in Asia of all places, but that Honda Civic R engine is pretty bulletproof. Um, and I think Honda are pretty proud of, of, of the fact that, I mean, Civics have been around forever. And, and like you say, it's a stock motor, but it's the perfect motor if you can, you know, play with it a little bit like you've done with a turbo uh, for two series like that. And, and that just makes for reliability and also for understanding for people who are coming to it they you know there's a lot of people driving around on a honda civic that can go oh okay yeah i understand that powertrain as it were it it it, it really is critical to, to to the program to to have a, a stock sealed motor that is as reliable as the honda civic r motor um I, again i i go back to the cost to compete and, and that's a key component well, let's talk about some of the other um, the, the other parts of the series. Obviously, you've got uh, the, the reliability and the known factor of a Honda engine. But what about the uh, uh, the rest of the car, for example, itself? Let's talk about the rest of the hardware. Well, so uh, are, you're asking about the F3 car? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so the F3 car is. Uh, it, it is a brand new design. Uh, the FIA uh, uh, revamped their 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 uh, criteria for the F3 chassis over the summer, and so this will be the first car to be run that will incorporate the halo that uh, you'll see in Formula One next year. Um, it is uh, it is a uh, really a stout piece. Um, so it is, uh, it's going to be significantly safer than I think, uh, any other car of that performance type. Uh, uh, if, if, if you want to compare it to the, to other things like Formula Atlantic or, or, or whatever, I think that, uh, uh, that that's a key component, obviously. So it's a little bit longer. So you have a little bit more uh, room in the footwell, um, and it's uh, it is an entirely new design. You know what? Let's play a clip real quick uh, on on what you just discussed because uh, we had obviously you guys here for Formula One, and Charlie Whiting was there, and he was pretty excited about the the United States F three Championship. So let's hear this clip from Charlie Whiting. Well, I think it's great to to see this new car. I can't wait to see it myself. I've only seen a photo so far, but it's um, really heartwarming to see how successful. Uh, Formula 4 has been here in, in, in the US, I believe you've delivered nearly 60 cars Max, haven't you, so far, which is incredible, we've had, I think this year we've got 15 F4 championships throughout the world, so it's a, a really big success story um, so we felt that with our new Formula 3 International uh, Championship starting in 2019, we wanted something to fit in between a step up from Formula 4 to Formula 3 International and hence the, the F3 Regional Series. And it's really, really great to see that you've taken it on and so quickly too. I mean, this was something that was quite a surprise to us that you were able to do it so quickly. And I think, as, um, as, as Laurent said, I think the fact that we only talked about the halo in late August and here you are, you've done it. So it's amazing. So we're really looking forward to seeing how this all works. And this will be the first of what we hope will be many Formula 3 regional championships. So good luck to everybody. And I think uh, 
I would try my very best to come out and watch some of your races as well. Thank you. Now, that's a pretty nice endorsement. Yeah, from, not bad. From, from Charlie Whiting of Formula One. And, uh, of course, he was referring to Max Crawford, who we're going to have on the show next week. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah, Steve, tell us about Max Crawford, because we were excited to have him on next week. Well, no, and it can't go without being said that it's telling, if you listen to Charlie Whiting's comments there, uh, the halo was a late development and um, it really is a testament to Max Crawford and Dave Cooper and all those uh, people over at Onroke uh, that they incorporated this in such a way um, uh, to make it available for us for next year. Uh, they, they've been working day and night on this, and they've just done a superlative job. Well, you know, I know that there's every choice that was put out there about making cars safer was controversial, but I'm glad that we've got one because, you know, we think of Justin Wilson and other guys that, you know, that that Mm. would have been protected more than likely had they had something like this. So I'm just glad we've got something decided on and let's hopefully move on and 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 uh, have a safe environment to race in. But. Um, but Steve, so, uh, one thing I, t- I have to bring up is that you guys, the, the, the young kids that were driving here in Austin during the Formula One weekend, that was a dream come true for a bunch of those guys. Oh, yeah. ha- having Lewis Hamilton and all the gang from Formula One right there in the same event, in the same venue that weekend. Uh, how were the, how was it having the event during the Formula One weekend? Well, and, and I will say the kids were spectacular, weren't they? Oh yes. yeah, they were. The racing was great. It was terrific. It was it was it was by far our best event of the year, and uh, uh, it was. Uh, they all enjoyed it immensely. Um, uh, I, I certainly hope we have the opportunity to come back. But, but no, it was it, it, it was good for the kids to get that kind of exposure for this kind of an event. Um, you know, uh, Zach Brown came up and talked to him in the drivers' meetings. Uh, you know, that was that that was quite something that they'll they're not going to get at any other event. So it was uh, it was it was a terrific deal. Yeah, that's awesome. We could you could see the smile on these kids' faces, and and uh, you know it was a it was a phenomenal event for them. But Jonathan, you had a yeah. Thought? I, mean, I mean, I was just thinking that you know, uh, and sometimes, especially if you're a fan of Formula One, and you you, you hear about Formula Four, and maybe you don't watch it as closely but you know when we're talking formula four and formula three we really are talking about the future here and the best example i can give is lando norris who has just won the fia uh formula three championship in europe and he will be partnering fernando alonso uh at daytona 24 now he is a formula three driver and you know that's (laughs) now okay he's had a meteoric rise i'm not saying that uh, the likes of carl kirkwood or anybody else might be able to do that but uh, let's not be Fool! These really these guys. If they if they can muscle these these single seaters around a track and they've done the karting bit, and I'm, I'm, I'd like to get Steve's opinion on because I, I don't. Uh, this is my opinion, <laughs> but I think these guys are really are the the, the future talent of, of motor racing. Oh, I agree with you. I you know this is this is where the future uh, future drivers uh, in Formula One and IndyCar are are going to come from. I, I do believe that. You know, it is uh, uh, competition breeds good drivers. 
and uh, we, we, we have had, uh, over the last two years, a great group of, of drivers that have come in here and uh, competed at a very high level, and uh, uh, that will only make them better in the long run as they uh, move up the ladder, so to speak. Well, Steve, I really want to thank you for your time, but I want to go on a parting shot because uh, I'm sure this has pricked quite a bit of interest in amongst our, our our fans who, you know, are ostensibly Formula One fans but are always interested in, in the future. Effectively, Formula Four and Formula Three will run together next year and it starts April 27th at Virginia International Raceway. Tell us a little bit about, about next season if people want to find you. Yeah, you know, we don't have all the dates set. We should have that nailed down here fairly quickly. But for sure, we will be starting the last weekend in April at BIR with the Pirelli World Challenge. So, And we will be running F3 and F4 on the same weekends next year. So that's going... That's going to be uh, that's going to be a good opener for us. And I believe three races a weekend, so you've got a full year. I, I remember at the press conference. I wanted, I was keen to know that um, it, it's going to be a full season. Uh, it's six six or seven events, but these guys are going to get exactly the same amount of track time, if you will, uh, as you would going to Europe or going anywhere else. Um, it's going to be a full on championship, both F four and F three. Yeah, each each series will have three races a weekend. Um, so, you know, the, the kids will be working hard. Be working hard. <laughs> and the fans will get their money's worth. I there like that. <laughs> well, yep. Steve Oseth, thank you so much for coming on to Speed City. We really appreciate it. And we're really excited. And we're going to be following this. Like I said, we're going to have Max Crawford next weekend. So we will be following you and very excited to have you. And a quick shout out to Amy Greenaway. Keep sending the drivers and get them on the show because we love it. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, I, I certainly have enjoyed this. Uh, Appreciate the opportunity, and I wish you all well. All right, thanks, thank Steve. you very much. Good luck next year. Yeah, thank man. you very much. You too. Thank, thank you. This wow. is this is really exciting. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. I'd like, we could that could be about three hours. Uh, you know. There's a podcast right there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you could keep going with that. Well, all right. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the World Endurance Championship. They had a little fun this weekend, and we're also going to continue the discussion because we're going to talk about the Formula One engine discussion. Ooh, yes. About, about the new engines and how Ferrari and Mercedes are not really happy in Red Bull is and all the other stuff. Oh, surprise, 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 surprise. All right, listen to the Speed City. We'll be back after these messages. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself. Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Ambia Gusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Ambia Gusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Ambia Gusta. 
Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Bozing Motor Cars is Central Texas's source for classic performance cars. British, German, Italian, Japanese, and American. Ready for that special car you've always dreamed of? Bozing has you covered. Looking to sell a classic? Let Mosing handle all the details and get that special vehicle in the hands of the right buyer. Visit the showroom at 2420 Westbreaker Lane or call 512-821-9491. Or browse the garage online at MosingMotorCars.com. Mosing Motor Cars. Drive yourself happy. Catch up on the latest headlines anytime at Talk1370.com. Hi, this is Mario Andretti, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. Presented by Mosing Motor Cars. All right, Mr. Jonathan Green, let's talk a little bit about. Do we do we want to talk? I was about... just thinking about Mario, his brother, his son Michael, <laughs> and his son Marco. They t- totally represent the ladders we've been talking about That's over a the good years. Point, yeah. I mean, you know, the definition that the legacy of the uh, that is the Andretti family and the all American single seater family. I heard somebody say. I think it was a commentator actually said something about. The the Andretti family. Uh, it says something about they've they've done well in motorsports. I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> That's like saying you know the Kennedys or the Bushes did well in politics. I don't know. I can't even think of a good example. It's like this is the royal. This is the family. Yeah, it's the Andrettis. But yeah, anyway, uh, hey. So before we go to World Endurance Championship, I want to yes, talk sir. about the F. Let's continue the formula discussion and talk yep. about the F1 story. About the the 2021 motors. About. Ah, right. So, oh, much controversy. Yes, much controversy. Or how do you say it? In controversy. The, controversy. That's uh, right. So, uh, you debate. Know, <laughs> so yes. So what's happened is is that uh, Formula One has issued what they're thinking about essentially. <laughs> so this is what we're thinking about doing, and they're talking about uh, higher revs. They're keep so let's back up. They're going to start with the, stick with the same 1.6 liter engine, right? Right. They're talking about re- having it rev higher, which is cool because it sounds cool and makes it noisier. Makes it noisier, not only noisier but a cool noisy, but uh, also allowing 20 percent more fuel, which they, mm-hmm. they they've got to do that if they're going to rev it up higher. Yep. Just the laws of physics make that happen, and they're also talking about removing the MGK dash H, which is. The heat. <laughs> you saw me glaze over there. Yeah, didn't you? that's that's the heat version of the. There's there's a couple of different ways that they can generate electric power in I a gotcha. Formula One engine, and this goes to the discussion that we got to have Aha. with the Mercedes. I knew you'd get that. Oh my gosh, we got You're still to, tingling from that. Aren't uh, you? <laughs> we we got to spend. I think 45 minutes or something oh, like that. Oh, for Tim Commander Copra. <laughs> yeah, thanks to the uh, astronaut, Tim, Tim, Tim Copra. Uh, but we got to spend about 45 minutes in the garage. And, and Brian Oakley, I mean. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, um, with uh, with the one of the chief engineers of Mercedes. And Two. 
Two of that's right, two of them, and we got a tour like you've never seen. We, you know, they took us into the back and uncovered engines and talk, and showed us the split turbos. The secret behind this, yeah, sense. it was it was like no, you know, we've been to Formula One many years, and yeah. I've never had a tour like that. No. So, uh, and, and it so, was it was the essence of their success because what they've done with that engine in the last few years. Uh, getting the most out of that 1.6 liter with all of those regenerations and so on and so forth has what's kept them ahead of the competition. Yeah. Well, so they specifically spent quite a bit of time talking about the MGU-H, which is the, the one that's connected to the exhaust system through the turbo, right? And they, the guy told me, he said, when they first decided to do this in Formula 1, the engineer told me this, he said, they expected this to mainly, the main benefit of this is to be able to spin up, to spool up the turbo quickly, right? I mean, that's the that's the holy grail of using a turbo engine is being able to use that power instantaneously. Forever, decades of turbo use, turbo lag, turbo lag, turbo lag has always been this this big horrific deal. And there's been all kinds of technologies used, whether it's super lightweight turbo vanes, ceramic turbo vanes, ceramic bearings, all these different things to make them spin up faster, but nothing like an electric motor to do it instantaneously. So they talked about the, how this MGK, MGU-H would be able to do that. Uh, but they, what they didn't expect is how much power they were going to be able to regenerate using it spinning in the other way. And so uh, it's, been a, it's been an interesting uh, path for them, apparently, that it generated a lot more electric power than they thought. But so that is – those are the three biggest things they're going to change, removing that MGU-H as well as spinning the motor up higher, allowing more fuel – making better and cooler and louder sounds. And, of course, I'm going to toss this to you now, Jonathan, because (laughs) both Mercedes and Ferrari were like, uh, well, you know, obviously they're the guys that have got this all figured out. They threw a zillion dollars at it and got it all figured out and are winning with it, and especially Mercedes got it figured out. But why, why, what, what do you think they're saying this, Jonathan, as if well, they had the, to ask? Yeah, the, the bottom line is, and there's going to be another important strategy meeting, as it's called, on Tuesday. So we should look out for that. Um, oh, yeah. Because um, that will be very important. And this is the initial stages. It's 2021 20, yeah. is a long way off. It's the first but discussion. we've got interest from potentially Porsche, uh, obviously everybody, you know, you've seen what Honda have, have done, haven't done, and they're going to get better. Renault in the in the mix, Mercedes are there, Ferrari, of course. But the bottom line is both Ferrari and Mercedes have kind of thrown their toys out of the pram saying, you know, <laughs> well, they have, yeah, sure. saying, oh, you know, of course they it's would. not a slight tweak, we'll have to start from scratch, which I don't think Liberty have got a problem with, actually, yeah. because what they would like to see is a convergence uh, of the smaller teams getting to play with the bigger teams. Um, but, of course, Ferrari and Mercedes don't want that. They want to stay elite and they want to stay yeah. above the rest of the crowd. That's basically it in a nutshell. Um, more to come on this story. going to say. This is yeah. just the beginning. Uh, imagine the Senate or the Congress. Same sort of thing, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, we just got a little bit of time left. Let's talk about the World Endurance Championship. Yeah. Your, your friend Brendan Hartley. Uh, and, and Earl Bamber, who, by the yes, way, yes. it looks as though he's going to be an IMSA with Nick Tandy. How about that oh, for a that's world cool. exclusive? That's uh, yeah. next year. Yeah, you just got that on a phone call right for being on the air. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I won't reveal my sources. Of you course know that. not. 
You could tell me, but then you'd have I'd to. have to kill you. Yes, of course. But no, fantastic. Porsche win the World Championship again. Brendan Hartley, of course, who's everybody's knowing now because he's a Toro Rosso driver. <laughs> Next week he'll be in uh, in Telagos. Amazing, I know. amazing year he's having. I'm so happy for him. He deserves it. He's a great driver, and he's just won the World Championship with Porsche. More importantly, America are also World Champions. That's right. Effectively, with four. Well, they not may not they may not have won it, but they won again today, and they're on their way. Yeah, Ford GT. Love to see them doing well. All right, we're, we're out of time. It snuck up us on the end. But, hey, I want to make sure we talk about how, where you can find our show, not only here on the radio here in Austin, but uh, on Apple Podcasts and, of course, on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. And you can go and listen to our all of our shows there, as well as we have some sound snippets on SoundCloud. But go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, to check it all out. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Thanks to Steve Oseth for coming on. Yeah. And we'll talk to you next week. Happy trails. Hi, Brendan Hartley. This is Speed City. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.